it's great to be here with former Celtic in Scotland. Would I say striker or midfield player or something? Attacker. Attacker. That's a good definition. Great to see you, Simon. How are you doing? You okay? Aye, all good. All good. So uh, what have you been up to this last little while? Uh, Getting through the lockdown, mainly. Unscathed. I'm glad to say restrictions are getting lifted now and we're getting back to normality. But yeah, just... uh, Try to keep busy. I've been doing a wee bit of media work. Uh, I've just finished my football camp with Charlie Miller uh, October week there. We, we tend to do them in the school holidays. Again, they fell victim to the, the lockdown, so uh, we just started them back in Easter. We had a good summer. So, yeah, just uh, yeah. looking forward to more restrictions getting lifted. And I know, I know. We can go on with our lives. And you've been involved doing... Uh, is it... So much uh, kind of talks with players as well. Have you have you just had had a session with that where uh, fans can come and meet and greet kind of players and tell stories and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, we've, we've, I'm part of a company, uh, First Star, who have been going for over two years now. Uh, and we, we did, we took a hit. Obviously, you can't do these kind yeah. of things when, when the pandemic strikes, but I was at one last Friday with, with Chris Sutton and Mark Wilson through at Whitburn. Uh, it was a good turnout, good evening. It was enjoyable just to get back on that kind of circuit. You I'm know, sure. Go out there and, and see the fans. So we've got a big one coming up uh, at the Hydro with okay. Henrik, Chris Sutton and John Hartson at the end of the month, end of oh. November. Uh, it's actually been put back since last May, so everybody's... Been waiting the bated breath for this one, so oh, I bet it's, you. it's going ahead on the 29th, so I'm looking forward to that. The 29th of, of this November. month next? Oh. November. November. Yeah. And can people still get tickets for that, or is it? Yeah, they just go on the Hydro link. Yeah, there's tickets still for sale. Uh, it's been going well, and as I say, we're just we're desperate to get it over the line now. I think there's other, we'll get Martin O'Neill lined up, there's other teammates of that era that are going to kind of be up on the stage at different times through the night, so it promises to be a, a good night. Oh, do you enjoy being involved with that sort of thing? I do, because really? it's something that was totally new to me when I came away from, when I left York City back in, God, was it 2016, 17? I'd, I'd only known football since I was 17, so it was yeah. it was a totally different line of business to go into. Yeah. <clears throat> Albeit, I knew the guys I was dealing with, and, and it, was, it was mixing the fans again, but it was a, a different thing altogether for us. Yeah. Uh, but enjoyable, because... In football, you can be sitting in a dressing room with teammates one minute and they could be out the door or you could be out the door the next and you ships passing in the night. So it was great to catch up with the boys. I think uh, we've had a few over the last couple of years that you wouldn't normally see. Yeah. And they come over, we, we look after them here for a couple of days. Normally they do two or three gigs and we, we spend time with them. So it's, oh, it's good. That sounds brilliant. And I bet you, you know, all the fans and, and really appreciate being able to kind of ask questions and get to meet their kind of heroes. Aye, that's that's a good thing as well, Don, because look, because I'm part of it, I'm, I'm there on the night listening to the stories we had with George Cadet and Lubo Moravchik, who never who never played together, but we had Aye. them on the same evening. It was really interesting to hear them bouncing stories off each other and the kind of mutual respect they had for each other. As I say, I played with both, but in yeah. different eras. So it's wee kind of cocktails like that that kind of creep up and they're good nights. They're good nights to catch up and, and listen to the boys' stories. Right. And I know you're you know a big uh, music fan as well. So do you get music involved at all in it? 
We have, we have, we've got, we've got a guy, uh, Dave McKendrick. His name is, and I, I got to know him through the. He played the lounges at Celtic, right? You know, uh, so I got to to know him through a mutual. Mark Wilson was his friend. I yeah. think they were neighbours at one point. So he's played a few gigs for us, but it's, it's all kind of Celtic orientated ah, at the it's... moment. But I would like to, in the future, kind of branch off and. I like my music, so ah, I want to yeah. kind of branch off and maybe get some some young bands, you know, if we can get venues and, and, and get, just give ah. them a platform to go and, ah, and, and show what they can do. That's all these these young kids want to do. They want to go out there and be, be heard, especially after 18 months or so being locked up and, and not being able to play gigs. It's the it's the bread and butter. I know. So I, I suppose if there was a situation to develop garage bands over the last 18 months, this was it, wasn't it? <laughs> aye, aye, and, and I've, I've been on a, I mean, you're, you're, we're doing this podcast, I've been on yeah. a few podcasts, but I've been also on a, a couple of the bands I've taken to social media, like Instagram, playing live, it was really good, I, I think there's one young band that I follow, uh, for a young lad, Adam Frame, the cartoons, okay. they, were playing li- they were playing live in my kitchen one night because they were, <laughs> they were live on Instagram and I had it, the, the, the volume turned up, so... All these, all these bands have had to find different ways. Like everybody else over this right. tough time, everybody's had to find different ways to, to exist and, and, and go on with things. That's true. It's incredible. So maybe we'll we'll come back to that at the end about you know all the other things you're involved yeah. with, with the, the music and that. But where did your football journey start then? As a kid, were you always playing football, or were you involved with always, other things? Always playing football. Yeah, just yeah. from. As, as early as I can remember, I'm obsessed with football. Uh, if it was in my garden, you know, I, I moved to, I was in Burnside, mum and dad moved when I was seven to Burnside, made a, made a decent sized garden. We also had a park <clears throat> right across the road. So they were the two places where I, I, you would find me more often than not playing if it was with mates in the park, if it was myself in the back garden, you know, doing the usual commentating. Yeah. You're away, <laughs> you're away. Hamden, you know, or, 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 or driving my mum and dad crazy with a with a small ball in the house if it's dark or the weather wasn't. So I always I was obsessed with football. Uh, my dad was obviously a big influence in terms of you know take me to Scotland games at an early age when we were actually well, we're doing no bad just now, but back then we were we were beating the likes of Spain and France yeah. at Hamden big big nights, and of course Douglish. Kenny Douglas was yeah. at the fore of most of that. And, you know, that was ingrained into me just to, to watch him. And he was my hero growing up. So all that, it was probably just like every other kid in terms just wanted to play football all the yeah. time. And I would dip in and out of boys club football uh, with no real success. I mean, yeah. I, I played a lot of football with my pals. Uh, the BBs, school football on a, a Saturday morning, you'd Guys of that age, you'd probably play three, four games a, a weekend yeah. and think nothing of nothing it. Of it. Uh, and it was only really, it only started getting serious for me around about 16, 17 when it was through a friend whose brother was at Queen's Park at the time yeah. and they were looking for players and asked me over to, to train with them, uh, sign with Queen's Park. And within six months, I was away to Celtic. So that, oh. that, that's for me... I like to use that as a message where 
six months before I signed for Celtic, I was still playing football in the park with my mates. Yeah. So see kids nowadays that they get hung up with all this pro youth and have to be in pro youth and if they've not made it like yeah. 13, 14, it's failure. It totally is not. You yeah. know, you have to work at your game. You have to practice. You have to love it. Yeah. But opportunities come at different times. You know, there's yeah. no one path. Uh, I as I say, my, so my path is quite unorthodox. Do you did you always want to be a professional player then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah, just obsessed with football. Just yeah. wanted to be a football player from the minute I watched it, the minute I was playing it. I had no idea how I was going to get there. Yeah, I had no idea how I was going to get there. But I now understand, looking back, at all the work that you put in. It, it's no work. It's you're enjoying your uh, football, and but subcut you're honing your skills. As I say, tight areas different size balls I was doing that just out of fun but yeah. all of that was adding to my the, the, the quality that you yeah. you were picking up so yeah, I've got three boys now that are all football daft but I still don't think they play as much football as I played yeah. when I was their age and that's the thing isn't it you know when we speak about that 10,000 hours you know to master yeah. or something but a lot of those hours isn't it is like what you were described is going out with your mates and different angles and playing with different balls and soft yeah. balls and playing with bigger yeah. boys. And you can't right. replicate that. Do you think you can? You can. No. Well, I think I think nowadays it's, it's, it's difficult. There's a lot of distractions now. Yeah. You get, I mean, it's, it's maybe too easy just to say Xboxes and Playstations and that, but it does come into it. And, mm. and if, if I had that, when I was a kid, I dare say I would have probably been slightly distracted with it as well. But yeah. back then, from my era and years before me, it was it was quite simple. You'd a ball, find a space, mm. and play football, and that yeah. that was it. And you were you were honing your skills, and you know I've read a book. You might have read it, Bounce. Aye, aye. gave me that book, Bounce, and I read that and almost kind of rewinded and went over the steps of how I got from yeah. there to actually make it yeah. in football. And I can relate to a lot in that book. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, what we do at our camps, and as I say, it's not, our camps aren't elitist at all. It's for all mm. different levels and ages. But if there is a kid who's excelling at an age group, we kind of split them into maybe two or three age groups. We shift them up mm. or her up. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's good for kids to play with older kids and I think I think they are doing that in, in football teams now I mean I, I was down at a Celtic game recently and there was a kid I think he was 14 and he was playing up with the under 16s and I think they believe he's good enough maybe even to play with under yeah. 18s and I think that is good because it, it, it is replicating back mm. to when you were down the park yeah. and you were playing with guys four or five years older than you and yeah. you have to have to learn to handle yourself exactly. in that kind of environment it was a, very much the same I found when I went to Celtic uh, reserve football. Yeah. You know, you can play the under eighteen football with your peers, and it's it's all good, and it's still a test. But when you step up, especially at that time, yeah, you're playing against senior pros because the squads were smaller. And if 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 you weren't in that squad of say 15, 16 for the for the first team, you were playing with the reserves on the Saturday. Mm -hmm. So I go back to Eamon Bannon. I played yeah. against Eamon Bannon when he was at Hearts, and he was playing sweeper. Yeah. Obviously, coming into his career, yeah. and it barely gave me a kick of the ball, and it was it was a real lesson for me. I remember playing against Roy Aiken when I was at Queens Park. He was at St Murn at Love Street, 
And looking back, it's a real education and playing with guys of that senior level mm. in your team. I think that really brought players, I mean, I was 17, 18 at yeah. the time. It really it did add to your game. Uh, you learned a lot from being around these guys. I'm sure. What, who were, you know, you're talking about Queen's Park to Celtic, who were the big, you've spoken about your dad there already, who were the big influences on you at a youth level? At youth level, I think, well, I, I was only at Queen's Park <clears throat> a short spell. I think once I got into Celtic, again, no disrespect to Queen's Park, that I, you noticed the levels went up straight away. Mm. When I was playing with Celtic under-18s, I could tell, I mean, I was in with guys like Brian McLaughlin, who oh, played yeah. the first team, Stuart yeah. Gray. Yeah. You know, I, the, the levels went up for me. Yeah. But my first coaches, ironically, were was Bobby Lennox yeah. and Benny Rooney. Okay. Uh, and at the time, I had a real... I look back at it now because I know Bobby now when I get into the Celtic games. Yeah. And he's a total gentleman, but back then I had a real fear of Bobby. Yeah. Because he's a real disciplinarian. And I, I, I never forget we were at Queen's Park, actually the, the, the park. Yeah. I think it must have been pre-season and the, the hill, the hill was like this. Yeah. And we had to run it. And me, Bobby, was at the top and we had to chase him. And if he didn't catch him, you know, it wouldn't he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't miss you. And I remember having a real fear, but now I look back, it was a discipline. It was a, it was a discipline of how to conduct yourself. Yeah. It was trying to instill in us. Uh, and it probably was valuable. Yeah. So I think those two, and then I had some really good coaches. Frank Connor was another one that really drove you. You know, it was another kind of wee bit of fear factor there. Yeah. He wouldn't let you drop your, even yeah. in training. So all those things kind of taught you what it was, to be like probably a, a full-time level. Yeah. All these disciplines, uh, how to train, how to conduct yourself, how to play. And then really when I got to the, the, the breakthrough with the, the first team, it, yeah. Tommy Burns was, you know, fantastic with me. Yeah. I just got myself into the first team maybe a season or so. I was finding it tough. It was a second season kind of syndrome for me. Yeah. I think I, I came in, my first season, I came in at the last 10 games of the season. Yeah. I think I scored five goals. And right. I, I keep saying to people, I remember thinking, this is really easy. I yeah. was finding this really easy. And then I was brought back down to earth the following season because yeah. we, I went, I think, the whole season. I had injury problems, didn't score. Found it really tough. And then it was the following pre-season, Tommy Burns says, look, I'm going to take you. I was always regarded as a striker. You were asking yeah. me at the beginning there. I'd always kind of seen myself as the guy that played up front. He said, I'm going to take you away from that front line and I'm going to play in a deeper role. I think your game will suit it. Yeah. You'll link up a wee bit better. And we'll take you away from the physicality side of, of being the, the focal point. Yeah, the the it was the best thing he'd done for me because yeah. I learned more about the game there. Uh, it did suit my play. It did yeah. suit my style of play. You know, I was never a, an out-and-out number nine. And... Then he brought Jackie McNamara in. Mm. It was playing behind me and we had some, some great times down the right-hand side. But it really added strings to my bow. And that was just him identifying something. That's what I think real kind of management, sort of picking player, identifying what the skills are in the player yeah, and be able to put them into a certain position in the team yeah. that has the best effect. And he really helped me because I was going through a tough time at that, yeah. that point. So, And how did... A, how did you get, what kept you going through that tough time then? Because, you know, going from, you know, having 
an initial golden patch to a whole season of quite tough times. Where do you think you got the resilience to keep on going? I don't know. I don't know if it's the way you're brought up or just the determination to succeed. Mm. I don't know. I've always, I've always had that determination to win. Mm. I think you have to have that. I mean, I'm going to play sixes a night uh, and I want to win. And yeah. I play sixes twice a week with, with ex-pros and the desire's still there. I think yeah. it's, it's within you if I'm going to play golf or whatever. So I think you have to have that. But at that time, I did I did need the arm round the show. I needed somebody to identify why I wasn't there. I think I missed half that season with a hamstring injury. Yeah. The, the team weren't doing particularly well. People were beginning to know me. I wasn't yeah. the new kid on the block. Yeah. So, so experienced defenders are they're watching, you're beginning to learn about your, the way you play. And there's a pressure. I remember reading Alec Ferguson, and I'm not comparing myself to Ryan Giggs whatsoever, but I remember uh, Alec Ferguson comparing Ryan Giggs' explosion onto the, the scene and then the real test being to sustain it and keep going yeah. the next season when people are on to you. Yeah. And I think that on a smaller scale for me, that I really struggled in the second season. It was the season we were at, at Hamden when Celtic Park was getting... Was getting oh, yeah, up. I remember that one. Yeah. And uh, it, it did. It took Tommy Burns some to identify. Listen, I'm going to move you. It was in Germany, PC. I'm going to move you onto the right hand side of midfield, take you out that firing line a wee bit, and I think you can link play from back to front there. Yeah. And it, it worked for me. It worked. Because yeah. I think that's one. When you were speaking there, if I talk about coaching, I think that is one of the hardest things to do. And I don't think people realise how hard it is to do. And you're talking about a player. But to look at something that's going on in the park, see what the problem is, but then sort yeah. it in real time, Perfect. it's just an yeah. incredible skill. It is. It is. And, and, and helps me at the same yeah. time. You know, it really, I'm not saying I wouldn't have went on to succeed after mm. that. I might have found another way myself. Or, but it definitely helped me. It gave me, it gave me more confidence and yeah. I enjoyed it. We went on that. That following season was a great season at Celtic. We, we only got beat once. That drew too many games, mm. hence Rangers won the league again. Mm. But the amount of fans that come to me and talk about that season because mm. it's instilled in their head the entertainment, yeah. and I think that's important in football. Uh, and that's why I, I get off on a tangent. Yeah. I think that the new manager's trying to apply that just now, but a lot of people, despite my most successful season being 98 at Celtic and winning yeah. the league. A lot of fans still remember that season, a season or so before, because of the football we played and, yeah. and Tommy Burns bringing in the three or four foreign players that really added quality to our side that yeah. pushed us closer to Rangers, but no close enough. <laughs> and I know, I think you make a great point there, Tyler. When I'm listening, you're speaking about that entertainment. If I, if I jump to just now, do you think, do you think football's becoming more entertaining again, generally? I liked, do you know what, I, I like watching the, the Nations League games semi-finals yeah. last week in the final. I thought they played, I thought they played with a real freedom. I think yeah. sometimes nowadays, I mean, I watched Man City last night, they were great, Liverpool were in great form. I think there can be a lot of fear in football, Yeah. you know, going back the way and, 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 and taking the safe option. And I, I do, I think there obviously has to be a balance, but I th it is an entertainment I mean, I would much rather see somebody winning 4-3 yeah. than, than grinding out a 1-0. That's just my 
philosophy in football. Yeah. I think we tried to we tried to definitely do that at Partick and Dundee United when we were there. And for a spell, I think anybody, if they're being honest, their Partick team and our Dundee United team played some really good football at periods. And that's what, you know, I was, and Jackie would have been the same, taking that from the likes of to Tommy Burns was an attacking team. Yeah. It was an oh, attacking team. He had, he had midfield to front, fantastic attacking options. Uh, but yeah, that, I still think there's a wee bit too much fear nowadays mm. in certain games. I think the money's that much, especially if we're talking about the, the Premiership down south, to survive in that league. I yeah. think the further you get down, I think these teams just look at survival rather than, you know, anything else. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I noticed it. And maybe it's just a perception, just in the European Championships. My perception of the European Championships was it was a more attacking championship than yeah. I was used to. Yeah, yeah. I was quite surprised. Aye, and it's it's a, a, ple a pleasant surprise because yeah. many times you watch those kind of tournaments over the years and it's yeah. really, really, especially in the first games, cagey. But no, I just I, I enjoyed the two games last week. I yeah. thought that was... That, for me, is football. Two teams yeah. going at each other. And when games open up, yeah, there's going to be mistakes and stuff, but it's so much better to watch. I know, undoubtedly. I'm going to jump back a little bit just now in your career, and you talked about, you know, that six, Queen's Park six-month, you know, get the opportunity at Celtic. Just in your <clears> own opinion, what do you think makes the difference to boys that get that opportunity and the guys that don't? Is it lack? Is it certain qualities? Is it skill? Is it a mixture of all? I think it's a mixture of all. But I, th I think there is, there is, the luck side of it. I think is, so when I was at when I went to Queens Park, again it was through a, a, a friend whose brother played in the team. So that was my little breakthrough. <clears throat> Eddie Hunter took me in, and I think I did well from the start. I, I didn't play for the first team in my six months there. Played for every other team. I played for the. They've got so many teams: Reserve, West, Hamden Eleven on a Saturday. You, you were playing the Strathclyde Police. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, the under eighteen team. So I played in three or four different teams at Queens Park with different age groups, mm. which again was good for my kind of development. I thought I was doing okay. You know, you kind of know yourself when you're you're, you're doing all right. And I was get, seemed to be getting more and more game time for the reserves. And I did have little whispers of it was Celtic and Rangers yeah. looking at me at the time. So I think you, you have to be you have to be lucky to be in the right place at the right time. Mm. Uh, and when I went to when I went to Celtic on trial from Queen's Park, ironically, my first game was against Queen's Park in the Glasgow Cup up at Helendale, just yeah. along to Celtic Park. And I scored a hat-trick. Right. I scored a hat-trick. Yeah. Nothing could have go, gone any better. And Liam Brady, the manager at the time, and Mick Martin, his number two, had came up for Barrafield to catch a bit of the game. And I'd, I'd caught an eye of them up in the... So then the following week, I was invited to a, a tournament in Geneva with Celtic. And we were away for a week or so. And I didn't play well. I didn't score. Okay. And I actually came back thinking I blew my opportunity. Yeah. So when they, they took me in to sign me, I thought it was because Liam Brady had kind of strolled up by chance and seen this young kid battering yeah. three goals. And I'd always thought that until yeah. about 
three years ago or two years ago when I started doing hospitality at Celtic and match days. And I was sitting having a cup of tea <clears throat> with Bobby Lennox. And Bobby's, we were chatting away and Bobby said, I remember your first game, son. Hmm. And Bobby's getting a wee bit older. Yeah. And I'm thinking, right, I hope Bobby gets this right because I do not want to correct the Lisbon line. I don't yeah. want any awkwardness in this conversation. I says, I wonder where he's going, mate. I thought he was maybe going to say my first game for the, for the, the first team. He says, it was up at uh, Helenville. You scored a hat-trick mm-hmm. against Queen's Park. He says, and I turned to Benny Rooney and says, we need to sign this boy. And I, I was blown away because yeah. all these years, I thought it was Liam Brady up there and maybe caught his eye, but it was Bobby. Yeah. So I think you just have to, I mean, that, that day, everything went for me. Yeah. As I say, I went to Geneva on the back of the actual tournament that was meant to be going and didn't do particularly well. Yeah. So I think they signed me on the back of the initial game. So yeah, yeah. you obviously have to have the quality, you have to have the desire and the want to go and succeed, but you, you, the breaks, the wee breaks at different times yeah. can help your career as well. Well, you're quite disciplined as a 16-year-old in terms of just playing and how you looked after yourself and stuff like that. Or... I just, well, there, there, wasn't, there wasn't anything really like nutrition then. Yeah. So... I don't remember curbing anything in terms of what I ate. Yeah. Because I was burning it off all the time. Oh, I was a young right. kid. Just I trained hard. I trained hard and 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 the longer the more I was at Celtic and watching the more you were involved around about the senior players as well in particular, excuse me, you realise you had to really train hard. Yeah. And then the foreign ones that came in, I mean De Canio was an absolute animal at training. You know, yeah. he, he trained as if it was the cup final. Yeah. And then he'd be in the gym. So you tried to copy guys like that. Yeah. And, and that's where maybe your professionalism get better. Mm. But as a, as a kid at 17, 18, just playing football. I was just yeah. enjoying it. I'm laughing or I'm smiling because going right the way back at the beginning, what you're saying about commentating when you're a kid, that's just, I can remember that's... that myself, running about with the arm and the air. Right. I'm, yeah, that was it. And as I say, at the time, you're still honing your skills. You know, yeah. even if it was in the back garden, myself playing one twos off a wall or receiving it in a different way, I, I just thought I was playing. Yeah. And what was it like then when you went to Celtic and the professionalism? Was it was it hard to get used to it? Was it just you know you were excited about it? You know what was your feeling when you got to Celtic within yourself? Well, I remember, I remember getting up on the first day and, and I think I trained I trained with the reserves on the first day. I trained with the group that were mm. meant to be going to this Geneva trip. Mm. Uh, and I think Barry Smith, Barry Smith was there and I recognised Barry Smith ah. because Barry Smith, he'd, he'd broke into the first team. So immediately I've, I've spotted Barry Smith, well, oh, that guy's played for the first team. So my excitement levels were up. And then Tony Mowbray was there. We came back to Celtic Park. We were, we were getting changed at Celtic Park. Tony Mowbray walked in. Don't know if he was injured because it was the season was finished for the first team. And he swaggered in and went, there's Tony Mowbray. So the kind of reality of it is kicking in. Also the mm. level of quality of footballer as mm. well. And ask any player, if you play with better players, yeah. it only helps you. Yeah. So that I was buzzing off that as well. So it was just excitement and taking in. I think the, when when I signed and then we came back in July to do that first pre-season, the reserves and all my age group were all tied in with the first team. We did it yeah. as a squad. It was a squad of, could have been 40 to 50 players 
and Joe Jordan and Liam Brady. And Joe Jordan was taking pre-season training. He was down at Strathclyde Park and he's leading us out. And I found that tough because yeah. I hadn't done a pre-season before. And I think I was tailing off with a few of the other younger ones. But I don't think it was, I think it was just your body getting up to, I was 17. I was just yeah. a young kid that hadn't done a pre-season. So I found that hard. But the football I enjoyed. I think the reserves that year went on a North of Scotland tour. And I don't know, I just I, I just enjoyed it. I don't, mm. Is it arrogant to say you just belong? I felt as if I belonged there and good players round about me, even at reserves when I was playing reserves and under 18s, I just enjoyed it. And I, I, I always seen a, a progression. I was always yeah. going, albeit when, when I when I got the shout for the first team, it was a bit of a surprise. I didn't see it coming, mm. but I always felt I was doing well. You know, I mm. never felt any of the time at the reserves team that I was taking. I was getting thrown back into the yeah. under 18s. I was always yeah. going forward in a progression. Yeah. So, aye. That was, I think that's. I, I think people can underestimate what you just said there, Aaron, about almost keeping at it, uh, you know, and doing well. But, but you know, where when Tommy Burns moved you back to that position just off the striker, isn't it? Where there's a place where you just fit, isn't it? Where everything yeah. comes together. And yeah. I think that. I think that's the hard thing for a lot of people, isn't it? You, you have to have some sort of patience as well that it'll come together, yeah. isn't it? I think it's different, different makeups as well because as much as I'd seen myself as a striker and you love scoring goals, I loved I loved setting a goal up. Yeah. I loved the assist. I always yeah. thought, and I still like it. See, when I watch games and I see a clever assist, I get a buzz off that as much yeah. as the goal. So taking me into that deeper role, it suited my play. I was never the yeah. number nine where bang, bang, but I'm shooting yeah. all the time and I'm going, go. It wasn't, that wasn't my football. Mm. And maybe that was getting back to my childhood looking at Douglas because although Douglas scored a hell of a lot of goals, he was a great creator. Oh, yeah. He was a yeah. great creator and I always watched him setting up Ian Rush at Liverpool and stuff. So that was always my kind of style of play. I always liked that. I always got a buzz off an assist. So I think, as you say there, him bringing me back deeper, it just it, it did, it suited me. It just suited me and allowed me to progress even further. I know you'll have a lot of moments, you know, at your time with Celtic, but what's some of the, you know, the, the moments you cherish the most of your time there? Uh, I think my debut, my debut is obviously one of note because up until you make your first team debut... Yeah. I never really classed myself as a Celtic player. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and I could have been there two or three years and maybe not got that chance and had to move somewhere else. But when I stepped over the, I think it was Easter Road, wasn't much of a game. I think it was nil nil for Hibs, but it meant a lot to me. Mm. That was me, right? I've played for Celtic. I've played for Celtic. Then the task after that is to go and establish yourself as yeah. a, a regular. But I think at that time, mentioned Barry Smith there. Yeah, yeah. There was other players that were making their debuts. I think we Brian McLaughlin might have made his debut before me. So there was ones in my team mm. that were getting a little mm. taste of the first team and that just makes you what Jamie McQuilkin, he yeah, I think yeah. he made his debut before me. So I was just I, I want to be in this this group. So that one obviously and then I think when we won the league in, in 98 was, yeah. was was special uh, for obvious reasons. I think really going through that period of Rangers dominance and, and and finding it really difficult against Rangers, you know, to to turn that. I think we were turning the corner 
a couple of scenes before when we were bringing in Van Hoydong, yes. Daniels, Andy Tom, George Cadet. I think we were getting closer, but it all seemed to, to click in, in 97, 98. I remember uh, it was just last week or so, John Collins sent to me Andy Tom was about the quickest guy you ever seen. Oh, what a player Andy Tom was. I yeah. think Andy, Andy Tom sometimes, I don't. I think he's popular with the Celtic fans, but I think he you know, sometimes gets overlooked maybe because he didn't have the flair or the... Paolo was the Paolo show. Yeah. Uh, Big Pierre stood out, scored goals. Cadetti was a goal machine, but Andy Tom was some mm. footballer as well. Yeah. Really clever football player, lightning quick. What a shot he had on him. Yeah. Just, it was a really, really good player. I, I remember when we first signed him, it was that year in Germany, funnily enough, yeah. in pre season, and uh, we hadn't heard of him. And it was Big Pierre says, by the way, this guy's mm. he's top notch. So you get excited with that because, again, good players coming into the team. But uh, Andy, he was a character as well, Andy. He was a good lad, uh, but a fantastic football player. Because yeah. like you were saying, not mentioning those guys, you know, Cadetti and De Canio, Van Hoydon, that was really, I'm trying to think if there was a lot of kind of guys coming from the continent into Scottish football before. I know there was a few, but there wasn't a lot. That must have been the start of it, really, wasn't it? You know, uh, Pierre, you know, Pierre was the start. Pierre was a, Tommy, I think Davy Haid identified Big Pierre. Tommy went to have a look at him. And he signed just, I think we weren't quite finished with the, with the Hamden year. I remember him scoring a great goal against Hearts at Hamden. I was injured and he scored a great goal. I think that was in his debut. But just, I, I mean, Henrik for me was the best I played with. Yeah. But Pierre, Pierre, was, Pierre was up there as well. Pierre was a fantastic football player and a good, <clears throat> a good uh, foil for me because you're talking about the, the size and the physicality. Yeah. I really enjoyed playing with, with, yeah. with Big Pierre. And he would not have, I mean, I think a few of the fans were upset with the way things finished with, with Pierre. But if you look at his, look at his stats, everywhere yeah. he's went, his goal-to-game ratio is unbelievable. Incredible. Uh, a lot of caps for Holland. But yeah, they get they guys, <clears throat> because as I say, we, we, we were competing against Gascoigne Loudrop, guys mm. like that over the, over the city. McCoy's... So to get these guys into our team, it really it gave the guys there the confidence. We can maybe go and make a challenge here because these guys are top top players that are coming in and exciting players. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think a lot of those players, but a lot of the fans from that time will look back at fondly in terms of the excitement. Oh, without a doubt. And what you were saying there, you were saying it earlier about Kenny Dalglish, isn't it? That's what uh, Henrik Larson had <clears> as well, is for all his goals... His link-up play and what he Aye. created for other people was phenomenal, wasn't it? I kind of described him as a modern, a modern day Douglas. Yeah, and just by, as I say, the, inter- the game intelligence, mm. the game intelligence playing with him, he could score all different types of goals. If you look at a reel of Henrik's goals, there's chips, there's drives, there's there's getting on the end of crosses, there's headers, really good with his head. Uh, and Kenny was a wee bit of that as well. Mm. Kenny scored a, a range of goals. Uh, but yeah, Henrik was the, 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 the year we <clears throat> the year we won the league, it was through default. We're talking about wee breaks. We we were coming up to play FC Tyrrell mm. in the UEFA Cup. And Vim had picked his team and I wasn't in the team. I was on the bench. But Dan Jackson took unwell on the on the on the bus up 
from I think Cameron House, if you remember, they had to end up getting a serious uh, operation. And he took on well, and I mean, there was no sympathy on the bus for him. We were saying, yeah. oh, you've chucked one in and don't fancy yeah. it and all that. <clears throat> Little did we know that he was, he was struggling. And I took his place in the team. Yeah. And I scored two that night. And the next, and because of that, just that little change, taking the opportunity, yeah. I found myself in the team with Henrik for about the next 12 to 15 games. Mm. And it's one of the, the best periods. The twos were playing up top together and I loved it. Yeah. Just such a clever guy to play with. It, it made my job a lot easier. Mm. Uh, so just wee things like that in football, you know, I, I, I wasn't meant to play that night. Yeah. And obviously through Darren taking on well, I, yeah. I found myself in the team and and did well and, and and played that next period. See what you were saying there, Simon, you know, that game intelligence. Do you think that's, how much of that is natural and how much of it is coached? And, you know, and... It's a good, it's a good question. Uh, so, I, again, I'm going back to this book, Bounce, right? So, yeah. I, I, I think... In my makeup, I think there's a part of me must be a, a bit of a sponge mm. where I've watched Doug Leash, and again, I'm not comparing myself yeah. to Doug Leash. Somebody did that years ago, and I the piss ripped out of me. <laughs> uh, but I, I must have took things from his yeah. game to try and incorporate in yeah. mine. Another one that I learned a hell of a lot of was Charlie Nicholas. Yeah. Char Charlie was at Celtic when I, I think I started my first game up front with Charlie at Celtic Park. Charlie was coming to end of his career, so he didn't. He never had blistering pace anyway. But what he had, he could do stuff a couple of yards ahead of the guy he was up against. Yeah. So if he wanted it over there, he would. He would. He would go the opposite way. Yeah. He'd maybe only move two yards. Yeah. But in that two yards, he would buy himself because the, the defender yeah. would follow him, and then he would know where he's going to get the ball. And the yeah. guy that he's passing the ball to him would know that Charlie was doing that. Yeah. So when I watched that. And probably, probably coaches at the time were saying, keep an eye on how he does that. You pick things up. So you're picking things up all the all the time off players. <clears throat> and I think maybe me as a player, I don't know, maybe maybe could pick things up more. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I kind of go back and I think, yeah, the leash, watching the leash as a kid, wee bits with Charlie, even picking things up with players when I'm in my mid-twenties. Yeah. Watching football now, it's, as I say, there's maybe a bit in my makeup that I'm a bit of a, a sponge. Yeah. And there'll be loads of players like that as well, though. It's interesting, though, what you were saying there about Charlie Nicholas, there's a, a famous Cruyff quote, which I think he says something like, you know, sometimes someone looks really quick, but what it's not so much my speed, it's my anticipation that gives me yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Charlie was always, for me, it was always it was about fooling the, the defender because if, if he made that movement that way, the, the defender would follow him, yeah. but he would know, I'm not interested in going there, I'm just kidding you on because I'm going there. And when you when you play with guys like that in training every day, you try to take wee bits off them. Yeah. Uh, and it, I say to people, my education at Celtic coming through for 17 to maybe when I left when I was 24, I couldn't ask for a better education yeah. in professional football with the guys I played with McStays and guys like that. Incredible. It's just... Incredible. So what was it like, you know, you mentioned it there, what was it like leaving Celtic? <clears throat> was it, you went down to Sheffield, didn't you? I went to Sheffield in 99, yeah. Uh, 
I got a bit of stick for that because me and Phil signed pre-contracts six months before we went, so we got a wee bit of stick. I just felt at the time there was there was different different things. People say, oh, it's the money and stuff, and of course the contracts are good. Yeah. <clears throat> and my contract was better than what was on the table at Celtic at the time, but it's not. That is not the be all and end all. Yeah. I, I was twenty four. I'd been there seven years. Now. I speak better now. I, I was quite shy. I wasn't the outgoing. Yeah. So to be in the kind of goldfish bowl of Glasgow for that seven years took its toll a wee bit. Yeah. And the Premiership beckoned, and I thought, you know what, I, I might not get another chance. Yeah. Uh, this might be my chance to go and try something else. At this stage of my life, it, it was maybe not the best and best decision for me. No disrespect to Sheffield Wednesday because I'd four really good years in Sheffield. I enjoyed my life there. My son was, first son was born there. Got loads of good reasons for, but the football just wasn't quite the same. Yeah. I think the club were on the decline a wee bit. They'd just avoided relegation the year before. I mean, I remember me and Phil had signed for them and we were watching in the telly Think, God, they're going to get down. We're going to be going to the championship here. Rather. Luckily they stayed up, but we went down the following season. They lost a lot of the, the experienced players and then you're in, you find yourself in a championship team with a lot of young boys. And it's a dogfight. Yeah. So I've, I've went from that. If I was advising myself at 24 and I, w- I was leaving Celtic, I would have probably opted for maybe somewhere abroad that would have suited my personal yeah, your style of play. Because I found myself in a Sheffield Wednesday team who were fighting relegation. And I, I couldn't tackle yeah. sleep. I can't. You know, that wasn't my game. I, I, I came from a team where with most of the possession, we were always attacking and it suited my game more. Mm-hmm. So different kind of, different circumstances. But as I say, you, you make your decision, don't you? And you? Yeah. And also, like you said there, you know, there's a lot of, you only know when you get there, isn't there? But there's a lot to be said of trying something different than, you know, it's it's a cliche now, the <clears throat> comfort zone, but it's so true, isn't it? But getting yeah. out and going and seeing what else is out there for you. How yeah. important do you think that is, just generally for people in life? I think it is, yeah. I think it is. I, th- I think my football was never, and I went on to enjoy football. I came back to Scotland, enjoyed my time at the, the different clubs. I met different teammates, pals still to this day with different people different experiences as you're talking about there. Uh, I played over 100 games for Partick, really enjoyed my, my time at Partick. But the football was never quite the same as it was yeah. at Celtic. And and I tr- you try not because I had a good career and I'm, I'm grateful for my career, but the only kind of regret, I think, is maybe no trying Europe yeah. somewhere. You know, I, would, I, I, I think my game would have suited it. I think it would have improved me as a player as well. Just going to a different, different country, whether it was a, a France or somewhere, and it was so unusual, though, wasn't it? It was so. I know John went and Eric <clears throat> was, went earlier, but there wasn't a lot of people doing it. No, I think Derek McKinnis had a wee spell at Toulouse. Uh, Alan Johnston, oh yeah, went to Rennes, but no, it wasn't a common. Uh, but it's just something there that sits with. Yeah. Maybe I should have tried somewhere like that. And I think Sheffield must be the hilliest city in you in the UK Aye. anyway, is it? <laughs> Aye. But I, I like Sheffield. I like she, see, see my, my first couple of weeks in Sheffield, we, we bought a house 
it was actually in a Sheffield United area. It was Reggie Blinker who'd oh, told yeah. me where to, where to advise me where to, to look. It was the south of Sheffield, predominantly Sheffield United. I could walk down the street there. I could go to the supermarket and nobody really knew you. Yeah, that was un, that was unusual for me because in Glasgow, as you can imagine, yeah. I never really get a lot of stick off Rangers supporters, but you were always getting recognised wherever yeah. you went, and it was it was something probably a wee bit refreshing at the time. And I, I enjoyed my time at Sheffield. Just the football, I had an injury problem the first year that kind of hampered me. Phil with injuries, you know, we had. There wasn't too many highs mm. on the football side of it. Yeah. There wasn't too many highs. And that's But again, you, you have to get through these experiences. Well, that's, isn't it? You know, it's sometimes it's really easy, isn't it, to look at sport and football and, and almost expect it to be all good, you know, all the highlights. And it, it's just human experience, isn't it? There's going to be ah, ups and downs. Of course uh, it is. So, and see when you got, how do you enjoy doing the coaching and managing when you got into that? I enjoyed it. Because for me, I was 35 at Partick and I, I did a little bit, I think, of my B licence. But I had, I had I, maybe no intention is the wrong thing to say, but I hadn't really considered it a lot. Yeah. It was only when Jackie was given the opportunity and said, look, I want you to be my number two. I thought, right, OK. And we had the five, five or six games of that season to show that we could we could do it and, and get the job permanent. And I think the hardest thing for me was uh, the transition. These were all my teammates. Mm. I'd played with a few of them for three or four seasons. Yeah. We'd been in nights out, we'd played together. We, we were just teammates. To make that transition to the guy outside the dressing room was the thing that kind of was the most daunting for me. Yeah. But to their credit, the party boys were brilliant with us. The boys that were my teammates were brilliant. You know, they gave us the respect. They worked hard. We took a, a year and a half to, to rebuild that team. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. See when you see when you people don't see people that don't do it, don't see everything that goes on in the background. And it's not just the coaching. No. It's it's the, the personal issues with the players. It's trying to get them nutrition right, getting nutritionists in, all the little ingredients, <clears throat> awareness coaches. It's all the different ingredients that get you to that yeah. bit where you stand at the touchline on a Saturday and we, we, we blow a team away 4-0. Yeah. And that's the biggest satisfaction it can give you because you know all that stuff that we did. Some of it was difficult at times. You know, maybe there'd be a fallout with players or difficult players to, to deal with. But it's all worth it when you when you can get something on the pitch where they're, they're playing. I mean, there was one thing when they went in there just you're talking about the yeah. the, the, the fear and the, we, we refused to let them pass the ball uh, back the way. We always had said, you have to, in this session, you have to pass the ball forward. So that creates problems for yeah. them because they have to get vision and they have to receive it in a way that they have to go forward. We reduced touches to two touch. But see, when we did that over and over, see, after a season, I remember standing with Jackie in the second season and we didn't have to put any restrictions in. Yeah. It suddenly was just, they were they popping were about for fun going forward at the right times, two touch, it was a joy to watch. So see, when you, you feel you're getting these results yeah. like that at times, it is worth it. Uh, and at Dundee United, there was spells there as well. Uh, but then there's, there's there's the downside of that as well, you know, the, I didn't enjoy my time too much at York. So that, it can be frustrating. Yeah. I think uh, 
the be- the best thing about football is playing. The best oh. thing is is playing. But there, there was wee spells at Partick and Dundee United that I thought, you know, this is really good. And you could, and the player, you're playing a small part. Yeah. You're playing a small part. The player has to do it for themselves, and the player has to have the ability. But you, you're playing a small part, and it's nice when you see them developing. Because when you win the league, because you went to the league at Partick, you had a phenomenal season attacking wise as well, didn't <clears> you? That was a. They put stuff up on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. They put stuff up on Twitter on this day, on this day, so many years ago, and it's clips now and again. And it's good. Sometimes I'm in them. (laughs) Sometimes I'm not. But the the Partick ones I've seen, and I've spoke with players from that time, you forget how good some of the football was. You really do. And, you know, at one point, I think Jackie kind of gets slaughtered in the press at one point. It was, I forget the headline, but it was like, who do you think these are, Brazil or something like that? You know, putting his, and they're like, well, we're no Brazil, but what's wrong with trying to strive play to, to play yeah. like that? You know, why are you putting us down for trying to entertain? And then I think we went and battered somebody like Airdrie 7 0. You know, so we were justified at that time. Yeah. It, was, it was good football. And then when we went to United, we had some, some great players at United. I think we went on a spell where we scored at least four goals five or six games in the bounce and again I remember standing with him saying we're just like the fans here we're watching this this is pure enjoyment Uh, so when you get those little spells you know that's it's really good Uh, we got to cut a cup cup finals at Dundee United and I think the one that kind of sticks was St Johnston one at Celtic Park where I just don't think our players turned up in the day you know mm. the, the five or six players are real top players had I wouldn't say off days but quiet games mm. and having said that I've, I'd never watched that game back until bloody lockdown and my youngest son had it on in here I'd, I'd refused to watch that and I watched some of it and we hit the inside of the post and the underside of the bar yeah and it's just me I mean you could you could probably see that about most games but it's me things like that that did not go our way that day St Johnson had a they had a hold over us that year as well. They were a kind of bogey team. Yeah. How um, difficult is it from having, you know, been such a successful player to be able to kind of not control everything, but you control your own performance to stand on the sidelines and once the whistle goes, no, it's that's you. It's infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> the, the times with some good players there, it was, it was really enjoyable, but other times it's, it's frustrating. It really is. Uh, because ultimately, when they go across, I mean, people say to me about that you can you can change personnel mm. and you can get on tactics to an extent. But see, when I was playing at Celtic and there was 50,000 or 60,000 there and you're playing Rangers, you very rarely hear anything yeah. from the side until it's half time and then they change something. So players, once they're over there, you've prepared the player and the team as much as you possibly can through the week. You've identified who you're playing. Your kind of your destiny is in their hands, you know, yeah. because football's that volatile. You're you're reliant on results, so it's it's frustrating when yeah. when you're part of a team, you can yeah. go and actually be involved and affect it. Uh, so yeah, it's it's got its pros and cons. See, probably kind of final question about the coaching, and I know you you know you you've got kids as well, and I think there's a phenomenal difference now whether. 
about how young players at 13 and 14, how they speak about the game. Maybe it's because of FIFA. You know, the ta- Do you notice that? Calm and all that. Aye, calm yeah. and positions and, yeah. and numbers. for Yeah. When my boy came in a few weeks ago, I played calm and I'm like, what, what, what calm as in you were cat? No, CAM, centre yeah. attack man. Yeah. I've, got, I've got no clue about that stuff. Yeah. Uh, false lines and in the holes, number 10s. It is, it's just it's just new terminology, I think, just for I think tactics as well. You can you can dress things up whatever way, but I think football sometimes can be as simple as up yeah. against your opponent. And if, yeah. if if more guys get the better of their opponent over the pitch, you've got a better chance of winning. Uh and and youngsters as well. I mean, my boys all play ball. This is 18, another two are a wee bit younger. But just, just kind of let them play. Yeah. Let them, don't, don't overcoach. Uh, I think they've got to master the, the fundamentals before they can get to a level, whether it is first team or whatever. Then you, you get into the intricacies of tactics. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's it's an interesting one. You know, I get asked a lot, or we speak a lot about these. Uh, you know, the marginal gains, the one and yeah. two percent. But of course. What people miss a lot about the marginal gains is, like you said there, you have to master the fundamentals first before you do uh, the marginal marginal gains. Yeah, and you also have to within a within a within a system. So you go back to me, mm. uh, Tommy Burns, identifying playing me deeper. Mm. You have to do that with your players. We yeah. we 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 had uh, <clears throat> we had Stephen O'Donnell yeah. at Partick. We signed Stephen at Partick. And he was a right back. We actually went to look at the left back at Celtic and preferred the right back, who was Stephen O'Donnell. So we signed him at Partick. And one of his first games, I think it was a Friday night game, it was against Morton. And Stephen had a bit of pace about him and was quite good going forward. So Jackie decided to play him. I don't know if it was right midfield or wing back, but it was was different to what he was used to. Mm -hmm. And he came into the the, the office before the game and... uh, I'm a right back. Listen, relax. You're going to play in a forward, a more forward position there. You'll be fine. Yeah. He scored the first goal that night and we won 5 0. Yeah. So it, it, it's, I think, as much as tactics, it's, it's, it's identifying what qualities are in a player and where you can get the best out of them. Yeah. And that night, I think he surprised himself. Yeah. You know, he had, he had a wee bit of doubt in his head. Oh, I've, I'm used to playing here. And we're like, look. We've seen enough of you into it. We think you can play there. Go and do it. You, there. you can go for yeah. and he scored that night and we, we beat more than five nil. It doesn't yeah. always work like that. No. But I think it's it is a it's a, an important thing in setting up your team. You can only set it up with the with the players you've got. Yeah. And I suppose just to finish, Riz, I was coming back to what you were speaking about, the stuff you're doing now out, outside kind of football. <clears throat> Have you always been interested in music? And stuff like that outside football. Is that always an interest yeah. for you? Yeah, I was, I was, uh, yeah, just for school. Yeah. Uh, music. I was into all the kind of Manchester scene at, at, at school through the guy I went to Queen's Park with, his older yeah. brother. He was an influence on, on our music. So you get to that stage where you're 14, 15, and you've got the older brother, and like, oh, but what's he listening to? Let's listen to that. Ah. So I was into all that kind of stuff. And then when I got into Celtic, it was Oasis that came to the ah, floor right. and had a few quid in my pocket on the back of playing yeah. at Celtic. So I, I travelled, I was down in London to see them. I went all over to see Oasis. So 
I've been into music all my days, uh, and recently really getting into kind of the younger younger Scottish bands as well, and and just getting a buzz off. I mean, you, you can said that before. You can easily go on and, and like something on Instagram or or retweet it on Twitter, and it just gives the band a wee bit more exposure. That's all these bands are looking for. Yeah. You know, it's ultimately down to them and how good they are. Yeah. But it's great to see some of them establish themselves and then go and play bigger venues. Yeah. Uh, it's just good. I just like it. I like. Oh, I like brilliant. the. It's an interest of mine or a passion of mine. Uh, that hopefully further down the line I can get more involved in. Great, great. And just tell me again about the the gig you've got up, coming up in the Hydro at the, in the end of November then. So who will all be there? So uh, the, cat, the, the, the three boys, the three forwards are, are Henrik, Chris Sutton and John Hartson. They're the, the main superstars of the show. Yeah. Uh, we've invited Martin O'Neill, who's kindly said he's going to come be part of the show. We've got Johan Mjalbe, Lubo Moravchik, Stylian Petrov, all kind of teammates of that era, you know. Yeah. So it'll be a, a, a great night. We've got Graham Hunter, you know, the, the oh, the yeah, guy yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think he'll be really good. Uh, I like Graham, so he's going to interview the boys. And I'm sure it'll be a great night. We've got a wee bit of music as well. So, as I say, it's our, our biggest gig to date. So it's a wee bit nervous. And as I say, it's been put off and put off. Oh. But it'll be, a, it'll be a great night. I think we did a wee bit to promote it on Zoom with the three okay. boys. Yeah. Almost this time last year. It was last Christmas, I think, we did it. And it was me that kind of organised it. So I was sitting there, kind of pulled myself out. Yeah. The three of them went for it. So I'm just watching and the chemistry between the three of them was really good. So I thought, yeah. we'll see if that's a fraction of what it is on the night. You know, it'll, be a, it'll be a good watch uh, and quite entertaining. So we're looking forward to it. So if anyone wants to get a ticket for that, how would they go about getting a ticket? Just go on to the Hydro link uh, or, or First Star. Or it's Star. on our, our link on Instagram and, and uh, Facebook. But the tickets are on just the normal SSE Hydro link okay. online. Uh, I'll maybe tickets. put a link to that when we put this. Aye, that'd be great. That'd be great. That'd well, be I really great. appreciate you taking the time to speak to me, Simon. It's been good. No, good I've enjoyed chatting. it. Enjoyed it. Great. Enjoyed Cheers, it. mate. So, take care. Cheers. Thank you.